You're listening to Run, R-U-N, Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another broadcast podcast to revive us now. Yeah, I'm your host, Steve Gray. We're going to talk about revival, but we're, we also talk about things that hinder revival and, and personal things about ourselves, and we've been talking about, uh, you know, spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about that today. Today, we're going to talk about demolishing strongholds. You want revival? You got to demolish strongholds. The other day, we were talking about about how to stop quarrels and fights. You can't bring strife into the church and expect to have a big move of God. People got to learn how to settle those things. And today I want to talk to you about how to demolish strongholds. And there are strongholds. And I went to the, to the scripture, and you know you've heard this. You'll hear this quoted a lot. Every kingdom divided against itself shall fall. Or you hear this phrase, united we stand, divided we fall. You hear that a lot. And so Jesus said that. And so when they were talking about him driving out the demons by the power of of Satan, he says, how's that going to work? If Satan is driving out Satan, his own kingdom is divided. His kingdom is divided. How shall his, I want to stress that, how shall his kingdom stand? So if we're going to bring down strongholds, the first thing, in fact, anything that's a stronghold is something's got a stronghold on you. Family, marriage, home, just your mind, your past, your emotions, whatever. Something's got a hold on you. And uh, we, need, we can bring them down. But the first thing we got to realize is how, how Jesus stresses here as he's talking about this, that there's two kingdoms. He says, how can his, his kingdom, he doesn't say our kingdom, their kingdom. He says his kingdom, referring to Satan. So Satan has a kingdom. And Jesus has a kingdom, and there's two kingdoms operating at the same time on this earth, right? And uh, so we, once we realize that, we don't have to be foolish. We don't have to be stupid. We don't have to be tricked. No, we realize there's two kingdoms, and we need to realize it's, it's just there's a line drawn. There's, an, there's a war. It's an, automatically there's war against these two kingdoms. Before you were born, there was war between these two kingdoms. It's already going on. And this war is going on. It's either Satan's kingdom or Jesus' kingdom. And there's no options. There's no in-between. You can't play both sides. You can't be a spy. <laughs> you know, you can't be a spy and play, play both sides. You're in one side or the other. And there's no options. You can't get out of this war. You can't opt out of it. You can't pretend out of it. It is there. And the more that you deal with it, which we're going to talk about, then the better things are going to be for you. And so the first thing that Jesus establishes is the two kingdoms, and they're at war with each other. And then if we reflect, we'll come back to that in a minute, but then we reflect over to Ephesians where Paul is talking, and Paul tells us there, you need to put on the whole armor of God so you can stand against the devil's tricks or the devil's schemes. So there we have 
his kingdom, which Jesus mentioned, his kingdoms, and it's full of tricks. It's full of schemes, and he's smarter than you are. He's quicker than you are. He's more experienced than you are. So you cannot just fool around with this and think, well, I can ignore it, and it'll go away. So here's what he says. Now, this is from a great translation. It, I like this. It's not the one I'm used to, or maybe you're used to, but listen to it. It says, and this is from Ephesians also, 6. For our wrestling match is not against persons with bodies. Now, uh, you know, our warfare is, you know, not carnal and all that is great stuff. But, but as we begin to read this, it, it just, you could explain this, you could explain this to children, couldn't you? Say, listen, there is a spiritual war going on. There's God's kingdom or Jesus' kingdom. There's Satan's kingdom. And uh, we got to stand up to it. But don't get distracted because the battle we're fighting is not against people or persons with bodies. It's easy to get distracted. You know, you get upset at that person or that person. But everybody's being influenced by something. Nobody's that independent that they're not being influenced by one side or the other. We're either being influenced by the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. And so we, we need to realize that. And he names then, he kind of descends down. There are rulers uh, there are rulers, there are uh, world dominators, there's this present doc darkness, it says, dominion. And then he lists as the last, the host, a host of wickedness in the heavenlies. Do you know what a host means? You know, a host of heavenly angels, whatever, a host. It means a vast army, a vast army. In this case, then, a host of wickedness would mean a vast army of satanic influenced beings woo, arrayed in battle against us. A host of wickedness that's arrayed in battle against us. This is nothing just a, oh, well, we'll be okay. Let's just, whatever we'll be, we'll be, you know. No, no, no. We got to understand, we got a wrestling match. We got a battle going on one side or the other. And we, we can bring down these strongholds, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Just don't, you just got to stay long enough to get it all. Get it all, all right? So we realize these two kingdoms, and we should know already, the devil's not in hell. You probably figured that already. He's on the loose. Now he's a defeated one. He's already been before, he's already been judged, and he's already going to go to jail, we can say that, or to prison forever. But he's not there now. He's a renegade. He's on the loose. All right. And so we got to realize that and he's out doing schemes. Now, let's understand how we can bring down strongholds and back up just a little bit. You know, the scripture from Genesis that said in the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. Well, heavens is plural and earth is singular. So heavens says there's more. That means there's more than one heaven. There's heavens. In fact, Paul, in reference to himself, said, I know a man 14 years ago, and he acts like it's somebody else, but it, he's really talking about himself, who was taken up into the third heaven. Third heaven. Well, if there's a, it's just logic says if there's a third heaven, then there must be a two. There's a second heaven. There must be a one, a first heaven. In fact, if we read it, not scholars and reading scripture, there's more, more than that. There's more, maybe seven. All right. So as we read this, then we, we see in the Bible that there's the first heaven. The first heaven is, is 
If you look up in the sky, if you go outside and look up in the sky right now, what are you going to see? You're going to see the first heaven, which is we understand that one. Then did you know in the Bible, the second heaven, because if there's a first and a third, there must be a second. Did you know in the Bible, the second heaven is never mentioned? Yeah. And then it mentioned, Paul said he was taken up to the third, which is paradise. You know, most people believe that. So I think there might be a reason the second one is not ever mentioned. The first is, there's where we can see that one. The third is we can't see. Paul was said he was taken up to that one. But the second one is the dominion of Satan. It's where Satan's kingdom dwells between earthlies, the earth's heaven, because there's heavens, earth's heavens, and then there's the paradise heaven starts all the heavenly realms. And in between that is Satan's realm that he, he, dashes about and gives orders and his demonic powers are in that that's just a guess maybe that's why it's not mentioned in the bible because that's where his act most of his activity is so let's just think logically now if there's a one there's a two there's a three heaven and maybe more then we have to you're going to start praying now you want to bring down strongholds you're going to pray well the first thing you've got to do is you've got to send your prayer up and that prayer has to get through the first heaven, which is we can see. Then it's got to penetrate through the second heaven, which is Satan's realm. And it's got to at least get up to the third heaven into, into God's, God's dwelling. And um, so to God's holy third heaven. So we're just breaking this down a little bit so we can understand it better. In fact, maybe you can understand it better if I explain it this way. Do you remember, if you don't know, you, I'll tell you about it. In the book of Daniel... And Daniel prays, and he prays, and he prays, and he prays, and nothing happens, nothing happens. Three weeks passes. And after the three weeks pass, then the angel comes and talks to him, and here's what he says. He said, your words, your words were heard the very first time you said them. Well, why did it take three weeks? Well, we got heaven one, heaven two, heaven three, up. And um, he says, well, here's what happened. I came to answer your prayer, but I had to stop in what I believe probably was the second heaven. But either way, it doesn't matter. He said, I had to stop and fight the prince of Persia for 21 days. That's three weeks. So here it says, Daniel, your prayers made it up, but... Us coming back down, we had to pass through all the heavenlies, and we had to fight, or he had to fight, the prince of Persia uh, for 21 days. And then he says, and it's not over now. When I leave here, I got to go back, and I'm going to have to fight the, per the prince of Persia again. And then when I get done defeating him, then I got to fight the prince of Greece. We sometimes don't know that's all going. That's why we got to pray and keep on praying. We got to do and pull down these strongholds because we don't want to get discouraged and say, well, you know, he's not listening. God's not listening. Where is God? There's a lot going on above your head. You may not realize that should encourage you. Keep going. Keep praying and be a part of this battle and help us and help the kingdom intervene, intervene in this spiritual war. That, that we are in. All right, so Daniel prayed and he was heard. Now, back over here in, in the book of Matthew, where we were when we started in Matthew 12, uh, Jesus says this, though. How can a, uh, anyone enter a strong man's house 
and, and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. So as you read this, it's talking about a strong man, and the strong man is Satan. And then it says, but now there's a stronger man. Now that stronger man at first glance should be and is Jesus. Jesus is the stronger one. You don't want to do this without Jesus, obviously, because he is uh, the stronger one. But what he says is, the stronger one, the strong man, you come into the strong man's house, and first thing you do is you've got to uh, tie him up, tie him up, bind him up. Then you can carry off his possessions. So this is what Jesus is doing when he prays and when he does spiritual warfare, and he's bringing down those strongholds. Now, the nice thing about it is, when we walk with Jesus, then we can apply this to ourselves. So Jesus is showing us that if he can bind up the strong man, and then afterward, he just walks freely. He gives the picture of he binds and ties up the strong man, and then he can walk in and out of his house freely. He carries anything he wants out. He carries his TV out or whatever. You know, he's carrying his couch out. I can take whatever I want out of his house. He's all tied up. Well, if you walk in the name and the, and the presence of Jesus, then Jesus is not going to be upset if you want to bind that devil up and you want to tie him up and you want to go after some possessions and walk freely in this world. I go where I want in this world. I, I don't, the strong man does not affect me because I'm walking with the stronger man. But we might want to do this now and, and understand. Let's bring this down to our level first. Here's a mistake a lot of people make when they pull down strongholds. They want to stop at start. They want to start at the top. So let's say there's a lot of strongholds in your marriage, your home, your kids, your, just your own heart. A lot of things holding on, not letting go. And you got these strongholds in your life. Let's just say that. And then all of a sudden, you <laughs> people do it all the time. Then they go out and they want to bind the, the spirit of the strong man over Kansas City, our city. And then they want to go to Washington, D.C., and they'll bind the strong man. Well, I'm going to bind the devil over <clears throat> our government in Washington, D.C. And when I get done there, I'm going to get on a plane and fly to Jerusalem, and I'm going to go bind the spirits over Jerusalem. <clears throat> and I see that all the time, these, all these prayer walks and everything, which aren't wrong. But I see it all the time. But the reason they're not very effective is because we have not bound <coughs> the strong man over our own houses. So we go home to a stronghold in our own house while we're trying to break the stronghold over Jerusalem, the most powerful stronghold that there is in the earth over that city. My, oh my, it's not going to work, is it? No. So we need to do it. Now, how do we do this? Well, the Bible says it's not going to work unless we first have some agreement. And I remember when I first started this out, <coughs> excuse me, when we first started out, people would be in church and they'd have a need. They'd run over and grab somebody by the hand and say, pray with me in agreement, pray in agreement. And then that person would pray and, they, and the other person would go, okay, I agree. I agree with that. And <coughs> we, <coughs> excuse me, we called that the prayer of agreement. That's not the prayer of agreement. First thing you got to do, you want powerful prayers? The first you need to be in agreement with is God, right? Get in agreement with God. If you're out of agreement with God, if there's scriptures, there's ideas, there's principles about home, marriage, life, money, whatever it is, <clears throat> spirit, soul, body, and you're out of agreement with God, then it's not going to work. Then you've got to find somebody else to be in agreement with. You just can't grab and say, agree with what I say. You've got to find a person 
who is an agreeable person, and that means a person in harmony with the body of Christ, with their church at least. Somebody's in harmony. You can't just pick somebody out if they're out of harmony. If they're out of harmony with their church, if they're out of harmony with their husband, if they're out of harmony with their pastor, they're out of harmony with their friends, well, you can't get them to be in the prayer of agreement. They're not in agreement because agreement means this is an agreeable person in harmony. So I got to find a person in harmony with God, in harmony with the church, in harmony with the leadership, in harmony with my family. And so now to find that person, then yeah. But see, you can see why the devil works so hard to divide us because a divided kingdom cannot stand because then you can't find anybody to be in agreement because everybody's out of harmony. And don't we live in a world that's just out of harmony, angry, bitter people, just out to get everybody and punish everybody and hurt everybody and criticize everybody. Yeah. So we got to find somebody and maybe that's supposed to be you. Maybe it's supposed to be me. We got to be an agreeable person first agreeing with God, agreeing with the word of God. And then we're somebody that people can agree with. And when we got somebody to agree with, then we can bind up that strong man in the name of Jesus, bind up, pull down that stronghold in our own house first. And when we get our own house, the stronghold's taken care of. Let's go after our city, our government, and let's take it all the way to Jerusalem until we bind up this strong man and the strongholds come down. Well, thanks for listening today. We continue to pray for God to rend the heavens and come down until next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.